Thank you for joining us this Friday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And the title of our message is called, What God Did to Win Our Hearts. It comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, and verses 9 through 11. And we're also going to look at Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12. Sounds like a lot of scripture, but it's very, very meaningful to understand what God did for us to win our hearts, to win us back to him, to restore us in right relationship. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Friday. We thank you, Lord, as we begin the podcast again, that you will give me words and wisdom. We thank you for this message this morning, a message of hope and encouragement, showing us that God was not finished with humanity. God was willing to sacrifice his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who would come and die on a cross, as we'll find out in Isaiah 53. And Lord, as we begin this new podcast, afresh and anew, we ask, Lord, that you give us strength, give us wisdom, and most of all, help us to be pleasing to you and give glory to your name. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, and verses 9 to 11. And I'm going to use the New Living Testament version just for a moment. It says, Long ago, even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy, and without fault in his eyes. He was going to restore us in the right relationship. His unchanging plan had always been to adapt us into his own family, or to adopt us, I mean, to bring us to himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the wonderful kindness that he's poured out on us because we belong to his dearly beloved son. He is rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son, and our sins are forgiven. God's secret plan has now been revealed to us. It is a plan centered on Christ, designed long ago according to his good pleasure. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring together under the authority of Christ everything that is in heaven and everything that is on earth. Furthermore, because of Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us from the beginning, and all things happened just as he decided long ago. What a powerful scripture there in Ephesians chapter 4, or chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, and verses 9 through 11. We want to take also a look at Isaiah 53. A lot of people tend to say, you know, why did God have to send his son? But God loved us enough that he was going to send his son for the redemption. His one and only begotten son, as we read in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And it tells us in 17, God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. Very powerful scripture. So what about this Jesus that came? I want us to look about that today because we want to know what God did to win our hearts. Now, when we think of Jesus, we think about, you see these beautiful pictures that we hang on our walls and we, we uh, see them in churches and we see them depicting scenes from the Bible, the Garden of Gethsemane, my home church has. We see uh, many, many things when Jesus stands at the door and he knocks and we see uh, the raising of Lazarus, many, many stained glass windows depict Jesus. They depict him as someone that is beautiful, someone that is is uh, perfect in in all ways, his outward appearance. But let's look at Isaiah 53. I want to give us a, a picture. Sometimes my son will ask me, he says, what do you think Jesus looked like? And I said, well, we can go back to the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, beginning with verse 1. It says, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And, Jesus, and, and the writer goes on and tells us in Isaiah, he says, he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of a dry ground. You know, Jesus came as a babe. We celebrated Christmas. You know, we don't realize that, you know, God sent his son to, to Mary through the Holy Spirit. And he would be born of a virgin and she would, she would be with child and she would name him Jesus. He would be known as Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrated Christmas every year. We, we put out the nativity scene and we're reminded of what Jesus did. And the people that he came to, he did not go directly to the rich, to the famous, to the Hollywood actors, those with names that we, we so much seem to follow on Instagram and different things. You know, we, we follow the famous, but there was the most famous person in the world that came as a babe on that day he was born. He was born into a manger, a lowly manger. The shepherds would come, then the wise men would come. You know, you often wonder, why didn't the wise men come first? But Jesus was revealing himself to all people, all walks of life. It says here, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. You know, he came, we, we probably would not hang a picture on the wall if we, if we drew a picture based upon this description. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. And nothing in his appearance did we should desire him. We think about it, he was not dressed in, in $1,000 suits or $5,000 suits. He did not have gold bracelets and jewels and all these things that we see people that make them famous. What we think is beauty on the outside, but Jesus had beauty on the inside. He, had, he did not come as a king in the sense that 
we we think about it sometimes you know he is the king of king and lords of lords but when we think about the day that he came in on the donkey he did not ride in on a horse on palm sunday the same people that were saying hosanna hosanna glory to god the next thing they were going to do is say crucify him uh, weeks later or sometime later they would say crucify him they would turn so quickly but it says he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering we see jesus uh, being despised he was rejected by his own he was rejected and despised by the pharisees the sadducees even though they saw these miracles we think of nicodemus Nicodemus knew there was something different about Jesus. And Jesus told him about being born again. But yet Nicodemus was looking for an educated way, a way of, of justifying. But we think about it today. We think about it. He was despised, rejected. He was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. We think about it. Jesus felt our pain. Jesus felt our sorrow. We think of Lazarus when Lazarus died. You know, Jesus went to the tomb, and it says the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept in the New Testament. But here we are in the Old Testament in Isaiah 53, talking about this man, this Jesus. It's giving us a, an example, a visual picture so he was despised and rejected. We can think about that. We can think about a man of sorrows. And he was familiar with sufferings. Sufferings that he would go through. Sufferings of man. It says, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we consider him stricken by God. We see that God placed the punishment upon Jesus. We think of the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying, you know, and he went back to his disciples and said, can't you stay awake a little while longer with me? They had fallen asleep. But Jesus knew his time was short. He was going to go to a cross. He was going to carry our infirmities, our weaknesses. He was going to carry our sorrows to the cross says he was smitten by God and afflicted. We see that Jesus went through this beating, a beating that no normal man would go through. But Jesus went through that in his humanity. When he came as, as a small babe, he would grow up. He would preach, and yet he would one day suffer for you and I. But he said he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. So he was pierced. It was a sacrifice for our sins. He was pierced for our transgressions. You know, this Old Testament scripture is relevant to us today. Sometimes we don't even go back to Isaiah. We don't even go back to the Old Testament. We stay so much in the New Testament. But there's so much just in Isaiah 53. We see Jesus for our transgressions when we do wrong. 
we think of a crush for our iniquities, for our sins. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Or another way of putting it, it says, by his stripes we are healed. You know, we don't realize when we think of healing, it's that restoration. It's being brought back into right fellowship with God. It's a healing that passes. It's a peace that passes all human understanding. But only God can give this. Verse 6 tells us in Isaiah 53, We are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, we live in a world today that's lost. There are many, many people sitting in our churches, on the pews, on the chairs, wherever you might meet, that are lost. They've gone astray. Without a shepherd, they're lost, and they turn and go their own way. Some of them are very, very lost, lost in sin. But Jesus tells us that he sent his son who would bear our infirmities, our sorrows. He would be pierced for our transgressions and for our iniquities, our sin. It tells us in verse 7, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before the shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Jesus could have said anything. He could have called down legions of angels. It will all be said and done. But he did not. It says, by oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. We know that Jesus would die. It's being foretold in Isaiah 53. And in the New Testament we see where this transpired. It happened. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor had deceit in his mouth. He was going to be buried in a borrowed tomb, but we already know that he would rise on the third day. But the writer is telling us here, uh, giving us a vivid picture. It says, Yet it was the Lord, Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. <clears throat> so God was using this to show us that he was going to rise again. He was gonna give us the hope of redemption, the hope of salvation being reconnected again in right relationship with God. He was giving us the hope, just like this podcast, Hope for Today. Every message should be about hope. Everything that we read should be about hope. All of the scripture tells us of this sin offering, that Jesus would die. But the hope we have is that he would go, he would go into a borrowed tomb and the hope that we have 
is that he rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. He gave us the hope of redemption. It says, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life. He will rise again and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, this justification. He will bear the iniquities or the sins of many. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils among the strong. Because he was poured out, or his life was poured out unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. So Jesus would have been, you know, they would, uh, the Jews would have, uh, or the Pharisees and Sadducees would have basically uh, said, well, this is one more, it's done, it's gone. It says in the latter part, it says, for he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. He bridged the gap. You know, I think of a bridge that crosses a great chasm. You know, without the bridge, you can't cross. But with the bridge, you can. And Jesus bridged the gap between the broken fellowship, that fractured fellowship with God. And he gave us the hope of being restored. In right relationship with him. He gave us the hope of, of uh, being in right relationship with him. He was the sacrifice once and for all. It doesn't give us a license to sin. Does it say we will not be tempted? No. But it does tell us that we can be overcomers with Christ. So that's the heart of the Old Testament. Jesus is foretold in Isaiah 53. It's a chapter that we don't get into much, but we should look at it more and more. We should read it. It gives us a vivid picture of, of Christ coming as a tender shoot. It tells us what he, he may have looked like. In his, it says he had no beauty or majesty to attract us. Nothing in his appearance stood out that we would desire him. We see that he was despised and rejected by men. We see that in the life of Jesus. He was a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. When we look at the world today, does this sound like the world today that we live in? Does this sound like sometimes some of our churches or sometimes as what we, when we say we're Christians, do we act like these people? Do we hide our faces? Do we despise him? Do we lift him up and exalt the name of Jesus? in the right way? Or is it like uh, Showtime or Hollywood or those kinds of things when we see this Jesus so beautiful and so perfect? Even when he ro rose from the dead, we see all this. You know, we, we don't realize. 
You know what Jesus did for you and I, as it's foretold there. But the Lord was revealed in Isaiah 53. So we're reminded today what God did to win our hearts. He sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but the world would be saved. He sent his one and only son to give us the hope of eternity today. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message, both in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, and verses 9 through 11. And we also thank you for Isaiah 53, verses 1 through 12, that gives us a vivid picture of what God looked like, or what Jesus looked like when he came in humanity, came among humanity, when he was born of a Virgin Mary. He would suffer under Pontius Pilate. He would, be, he would die and be buried, but he rose again on the third day and ascended to heaven at the right hand of God the Father. We thank you for that. But Lord, we, we are reminded today there are many people, just like the scripture tells us in Isaiah 53, that we are all like sheep that have gone astray. Each of us has turned his own way. There are many, many people that are lost today. They're seeking this and that. They have a void in their, in their life. They know there's something more, but they look for it in ways, in possessions, and in, in, in relationships, and in, in status, and clothes, what they wear, I mean, the outward appearance. But Jesus tells us here that he sent his son. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We sometimes take that for granted. If we're honest today, many of us in the world today need to start afresh and anew. Maybe we've not strayed too far away, but we've strayed just like these sheep without a shepherd. We've turned our own way. We want to do things our way, not God's way. Think about it today. Are you lost? Do you have hope? Do you have the hope of eternity? Do you have the hope of redemption? This light of life? I want us to think about that for a moment as we're praying. Lord, we pray for those that don't know you as their personal savior. We think of many recently in the few months since February that have come to know the Lord as their personal Savior. In one day, 10 people made a profession of faith here. It's amazing. Heaven is rejoicing. But Lord, there are many, many more people out there in the world that need this hope. They need to realize that Jesus is the hope for humanity. It's what God did to win us back, to win our hearts and our minds. He doesn't make us a robot or a slave in a sense, as if we can't do this or that. 
But God will lead and direct us. Just like a sheep that needs a shepherd. Many, many people today need a shepherd. And Jesus is that shepherd. In Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God provides for us. He leads us by still water. He restoreth my soul. And I'm paraphrasing, but think about that. Would you find peace and comfort near a raging sea, near rough water? No. But when the water is still, you can find peace. So I pray for all those that are lost today, those that may be listening to the podcast for the first time. We pray, Lord, that this may be the day that will change their life forever. It's very simple that you ask the Lord for forgiveness. You repent. You believe. And you walk in the newness of life. We pray for those that are struggling in their relationship with you. Sometimes as sheep, we we don't always want to follow the shepherd. We think, well, maybe we'll go this way or that way. But I'm here to tell you the Lord will not lead you astray. If the Lord is the shepherd of your life today, he will lead you in the right direction. Will we make mistakes? Yes. Have we done have we went away that we thought that that the Lord wanted us to go and then we find out later that it, it was something that we wanted? Sometimes we have to back up. We have to rewind. And we have to confess to God and say, God, this is, this is what I wanted to do. But I want to do your will, not mine. I want to follow this great shepherd, a good shepherd that will lay down his life, that lay down his life. And they picked it back up to give us the hope of eternity. So Lord, we want to thank you for that. We thank you for who you are and what you are and why you are. We thank you for this podcast that we're able to reach out beyond the borders of where we are and to reach into countries around the world. Many, many countries that may be close to the gospel. Many, many countries where people are needing to hear the message of hope. But we thank you for that. We thank you that you gave us the promise, the hope of eternity. So Lord, we want to thank you and praise you for all that you're doing, all that you continue to do. And we pray for the listeners, Lord, that as they walk with you, that they will read your word, they will learn from your word. As they hear the podcast, they will hear a message of hope and a message of encouragement. Lord, you know their names. You know what country they're in. We pray for them especially. We lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you for joining us this Friday. What a joy it is to be back. And we look forward to joining you on Monday with a new message of hope and encouragement. We thank you. God bless. Have a great weekend. Pastor Doug Solomon, hope for today.